so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. When Father Jonathan offered me the job here at Grace, I decided I should fast and pray before I made a decision. After all, first job as a priest seemed like a pretty big deal. One of my uncles has a lake house in Alabama, so I took a couple days off work, drove up for a silent fasting retreat. It had been a while since the last time I had fasted, but I figured a couple days of fasting wouldn't be too big of a deal. And the first day or so went pretty well. But around hour 30, I discovered something important. I like food. A lot. Now, I already knew that my taste buds like food, but until that moment, I'm not sure I realized how much the rest of me liked food, too. You see, that second evening, I guess my blood sugar must have fallen pretty noticeably at that point, I started to get shaky, and I got nauseated. But it wasn't just my stomach and my bloodstream that liked food. As if those weren't enough, turns out my legs like food, too. I have something called restless leg syndrome, and unbeknownst to me, at least until I was fasting for 30-plus hours, fasting can trigger it. So there I was, lying on the floor of the lake house, kind of in fetal position, first in the bathroom, because, you know, nausea, uh, and then in the kitchen floor, because I was trying to decide if it was worth trying to eat something to feel better. Lying there, fetal position, groaning. Technically, I still don't know if that counts as breaking the silent retreat, but I did it anyways. I was unable to fall asleep because my legs hurt, but I wasn't able to take any Tylenol because, first of all, I hadn't brought any, and second, I had absolutely nothing but water on my stomach. To top it all off, it was rural Alabama in the middle of the night, so there weren't even any stores open if I had decided to break my fast and get food. Life lesson, food. Food is really important. Now, maybe when you fasted, you didn't have that experience. Maybe your body didn't decide to pitch a hissy fit. But I bet we've all had times when we were really, really hungry. Maybe you get hangry, what we call it in my family, hungry, angry, until you get something to eat. Or maybe you get shaky like I did and you have to eat something to stop shaking. Or maybe your stomach just hurts. Either way, our bodies let us know that we need food. Food is non-negotiable for life. But let's broaden it beyond our individual experiences. There are probably few of us here who've had to go hungry over long periods of time Few of us who have had only intermittent meals for months or years at a time. But most of us have seen the news reports. We've read the stories when there are famines. We've heard the devastating numbers. Communities collapse and people die when there are famines. 
the hunger, the anger, the desperation, the weakness we've all experienced on a small scale is amplified to a societal level and intensified. Famines are devastating, and their effects are far-reaching. So when God talks about a famine in our Amos reading, it should catch our attention. Through the prophet Amos, God is pronouncing terrible judgment on Israel for their many injustices and unfaithfulness. And this is not just some light scolding. This is not getting off with a warning. This is a devastating, terrifying series of prophecies. God says things like, the dead bodies shall be many, cast out in every place, and I will make it like the morning for an only son, and the end of it like a bitter day. In the midst of these terrible declarations, Amos adds, The time is surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine of the words of the Lord. God is putting hearing his words on par with eating. He's saying, you know the horror of a famine? And they knew that back in that day. They knew it for sure. The horror of not hearing from me can be compared to that. The word of the Lord is food to the human soul. It is essential nourishment. As the Bible says, one does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The word of the Lord is essential nourishment for our souls. For Israel to live without hearing from God was comparable to a famine in the land, devastating, a terrible yearning for something desperately needed, but unattainable by any human needs. We see the same hunger for the word of God in our gospel reading as well. Jesus is visiting with his friends, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Martha, a good hostess, is hurrying around doing one thing and another, among them almost certainly preparing food for the company to eat. Mary, on the other hand, chooses to stay seated before Jesus, to listen to what he is saying. When Martha complains about it, Jesus doesn't respond the way she expects. Instead, he says, Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. It's not that Martha isn't doing good things. It's that Mary is doing the essential thing. Martha may be cooking food for their bodies to consume and be nourished by, but Mary is being fed by the words of the Lord from the word of God himself. Mary recognizes that there will always be a need to cook and eat and do chores, but there will rarely be such an opportunity to hear the words of the Lord. She chooses the true feast available to her that day. How many of you are choosing the feast laid before you? And how many of you are distracted by the day-to-day -day demands of life? like Martha, and starving in the face of plenty. Because there is a feast before you, a banquet 
easily available to you. You can get it on your phone, your tablet, or your computer, or my favorite, the physical hard copy. The words of God are constantly available to us in a way that is almost unprecedented in all of history. An abundant feast of knowing God, encountering his promises, learning his character and love, and growing in responsive love to him. Are you feasting? Are you reading the Bible regularly? Or are you starving yourself spiritually? Are you too busy, too tired, or too afraid to read the word of God that will feed your soul? If your response is, okay, Reverend Caroline, I don't read much at home, true, but I do hear the Bible in church. Then my response is, is one meal a week enough for you? It's better than nothing, but you will inevitably be malnourished if that's all you're eating. Now is the time. There is no better time than the present to start reading the Bible regularly. If you haven't read the Bible much before, starting can seem daunting. Fair enough. Where do you begin? What if it's confusing? If that's you, here's what I would say to you. Start with Matthew, Mark, or Luke, and read one chapter a day. That's it, just one chapter. And then if you have any questions, come talk to me or Deacon Mary, who I've volunteered without asking her, um, or to a mature Christian you know and respect. Side note, I don't advise doing internet research on the Bible, and here's why. There's some really great resources out there. There's also some, um, shall we say, theologically questionable people who manage to look pretty respectable online. And it can be hard to tell the difference, even for someone who's really seasoned. Now, if you've read the Bible some, and you're fairly familiar with the New Testament, give the Old Testament a try. Genesis is a good one to start with, but if you want stories you haven't heard before, try Judges, 1 and 2 Chronicles, or 1 and 2 Kings. If neither of those sound like you, though, if you have been reading the Bible on your own, and you feel like you're just treading water at this point, staying afloat but not getting anywhere, join a Bible study. Ask Leslie Jones about the journey groups. One way or another, just start reading with someone else. The Holy Spirit works in wonderful ways when two or three or more are gathered together in Jesus' name. Not everyone has the gift of prophecy. Not everyone will hear the voice of the Lord like Amos or be able to physically sit before Jesus like Mary. But all of us here, have access to the words of the Lord in the Bible, why would we starve ourselves in the face of such a banquet? Let me tell you what will happen when you start reading the Bible regularly. Some of you might absolutely love it and start reading the whole thing back to front and just go. But that's not as common. For some folks, it might be confusing. It might be boring at parts. Or it might just be another chore to start with. But over time, if you push through those moments and keep going, the more you read the Bible, the more you'll understand. And the more you understand the Bible, the more God will use it to work in your life. Over time, the Holy Spirit will shape you in accordance with Scripture, 
you will begin to see the hand of God at work in your life more and more clearly. Your conscience and your heart will be enriched to interact with others more and more like Christ. Your faith will grow deeper and more sure. And that's not all. If you're the only one who starts reading the Bible more today, that's still good. It will be wonderfully enriching and satisfying over time. But if the people around you, if we, the family of Grace Church, all start reading the Bible more, God will use it to help us grow together, to grow closer to him and closer to each other. The individual differences between us won't be erased, but he'll bring a new and greater unity of faith and purpose and love, like a family gathering together for a feast. We will see our siblinghood in Christ clearly and experience it personally. Our community will grow in the knowledge and love of the Lord and in maturity of faith. Feasting together is one of the common and most joyful acts in Scripture. Grace Church, let us feast together in the words of the Lord. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.